0: All right, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to pick up where I left off last week, and, and I have some little bit of, of handouts if you all want to, uh, um, if, if you're a note taker, you want some notes, fine. If not, just let them go, because I don't think I printed enough for everybody. If, you, if we need more, um, we'll get more. So how's everybody doing? Fantastic. Fantastic. I, I like that. Uh, I, I like how we're filling up here on, on this side. Now we need to work on it on, on this side a, a, as well. Uh, and I love all of the bald men in here. <laughs> look, look around. Look at all the bald guys. Like, this is a church for bald guys. You know, it's not just for men. It's just for Jesus, right? So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do this. Um, what's up? And then we got our sound guy that tries to make up for everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before, before we get started here, um, my dad reminded me, uh, make sure your, your cell phones are on uh, vibrate. Um, other than Mr. Bill, leave yours on and somebody, somebody call him because I want to sing Who Let the Dogs Out. <laughs> it's in the car. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick up where we left off last week in sorts. Last week, what we did is we, we uh, had that, 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 uh, uh, the beginning process we, it, that we talked about belief. And, and we asked the question, um, w- what I believe, am I willing to stand up for that belief? And we looked at Daniel chapter 3, and I apologize that the, the uh, podcast didn't get up this week. Uh, I'll make sure, uh, I'll try to make sure this week that I, that I get last week's and this week's up. So if you missed it, you can uh, brush up on it. But one thing that we talked about uh, was, um, like, people's belief in God. So I'm going to open the, with the question is, what do you believe about God? And, and, and this, is, this is a question when, when it was posed to me, uh, it, it was one of those things like, well, duh, I know, I believe a lot about God. But when you stop and you think about it and you try to put into terms um, what it is that you believe about God, you have to think harder. Because when people ask you or somebody asks you about your belief in God, a lot of people believe a lot of different things. Now, what I'm saying is, is one belief better than the other, or is one belief right, one belief wrong, one belief wrong? I'm not going to be the the, the judge of that. We're going to talk about different beliefs today, but what what what, what I want you to understand is what it is that you believe, you have to be willing to stand for it. And that's what we talked about last week. Um... We started out with, and uh, this is where you can start today, uh, in Genesis chapter 1, where it says, In the beginning, God. And, and that, that statement there, the verse right in the beginning, is, is a statement that we, we talked that, that um, 95% of Americans accept that, that there is a God. There is, there 95% of, of Americans um, say that there's a God, there's a higher power. So there's only 5%. That um, or we would consider um, either atheist or agnostic, uh, um, but it, it, it sometimes think we, we have this, um, uh, this this propensity to to say well it 's that five percent that controls the other ninety five percent well that 's just insanity there if you ask me let 's look at the ninety five percent because it 's ninety five percent of people who believe in God, there are different beliefs in God so the, the the question or the statement that I want to make today is what you believe about God matters. It, it matters for for many reasons. We're gonna talk. Um, we're gonna talk mainly about two. Um, but there, there's a lot of different reasons why what you believe about God matters. So don't, don't think that I'm giving you like an exhaustive list. This is not an exhaustive list. This is just a couple of things for you guys to, uh, to think about. And, and how we're going to do this is I'm going to give you uh, the four uh, predominant views of God in America. So last week we talked, it was the 15-year anniversary of 9-11, and we talked about after 9-11, something happened within the churches, something happened within America. People went to church for the first time, went back to church, whatever. There was a, a huge influx in church attendance. Um, which was a good thing. But then we, we, uh, I read that, that statement that happened just a, a short time after 9-11, that uh, the church attendance and everything was back to normal. So there was no real lasting impact. One thing that is, that is a lasting impact or has been a lasting impact, is the way in which people view God, and they put it into terms. If you want to, re- a good book to read, if you're a, um, a, a geek like me, you like to read, uh, there's a book called America's Four Gods. That's where I got um, the, the, the breakdown of, of, of these four gods that we're going to talk about today. But there is something that we need to understand that the people, and when I say say people, there are brothers and sisters in Christ, there are believers, people who are, I'm going to say, that that, that are going to heaven that believe a little bit something different about um, the God in which we worship. Uh, You know me, I'm not going to be the guy that that says that uh, the only people who are going to go to heaven are the people who come and sit in these chairs because we're the only people that really teach the truth. Um, if that's the truth, uh, we need to look around and say, we need a whole lot more people because heaven's going to be a lonely place. Um, no, what I'm going to say, there are brothers and sisters that are out there that go to other churches that, that um, are, are going to be with us in, in, in heaven. So um, uh, this is where I always like to uh, kind of make the, 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 the statement, if, if you can't stand them now, are you going to be able to stand them for eternity? <laughs> we, 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 we got to, uh, and I say that, here's another thing, side note. If you're willing to invest time with somebody now, and you want to spend time with them now, why would you not want to invest time in them and give them the truth so you can spend eternity with them? Same thing. You know, that's what we have to understand. So uh, on, on this understanding or on, on this um, uh, journey we're going to take today with, with uh, the four views of God... We're going to answer this question or, the, or, or understand the statement that what you believe about God does really matter. So two uh, crucial theological questions in regards to belief in God. If you have a little piece of paper, they're on there. Um, I think so. Uh, but um, two, things that, two questions that we're going to look at. The first one is, to what extent does God interact with the world? So, to what extent does God interact with the world? So, when we're talking about belief about God, this is one of the questions in which we're going to use to understand belief about God. The second question, to what extent does God judge the world? Another question that we need to understand is, in our our journey here to understand our belief in God, is to understand how, how do you believe that God judges the world? Now as uh, as I was reading through this book, I, I, some of the questions that were presented to me um, made me think about the my own belief in in god and, and I say that like I, it's not that i i, I got I, I didn't believe in God, and now I, I believe in God because of some book that was read or was written um, but it was, it, it was the questions that were were, were posed to me. I, I've never thought about like how does my belief in God, how is that dictated by His engagement in the world and His judgment in the world? I've never kind of I've never looked at it on, on, in or through those lenses. So, but looking at it through those lenses, we can understand where um, these four gods uh, are, are going to um, be uh, manifested from. And, and hear me. I'm not promoting that there are four gods. No, there's only one true God. The, the, the Bible is very clear. there's only one true God. These are four views of, of, of God. So what I want to do, give you brief over, a brief overview of each one of these, and then we're going to uh, answer the question, how can we properly view God? So are we ready? We're, we're, let's do it. Fantastic. All right. America's four gods, the first God, we're going we're gonna to start with the, um, the most distant God and we're going to work our way backwards. So if you, uh, if you are taking notes or, or you want to follow along, um, it's going to be DCBA, uh, if, in regular order, it be ABCD, um, but DCBA, uh, we're going to f- start, like I said, with the most distant God. So the first view of God in America is a God that is distant. A distant God. A distant God is a God that is um, a, a non... It's a belief in a God that is a non-judging, disengaged God. Non-judging, disengaged God. Now, when I say non-judging, you, you, some of you may say, well, aren't Christians just supposed to be... Uh, you're not supposed to judge any, anybody? We talked about that before. We're not to be judgmental. The judging is up to to, to God. So what we need to understand is is this view of this distant God is a non-judging, disengaged God. This is the the non-judging part is saying that there are no eternal consequences. So the the thought of once you pass from this world, you kind of just go poof and you're gone. This is a, a, a thought of a of a, a non judging God. There, there's actually um, some of our, our founding fathers of, of America believe they, they, they believed in this type or this view of God. This is also known as deism. Uh, deism is is thought to uh, or is known um, to be a a, a a theory about God where God's like a uh, a master craftsman, like a watchmaker, like he made this finely tuned instrument called the universe. He wound it up and then he stepped back just to let it go. That's the, the, the thought process behind a distant God where there, there's no judgment that's going to take place, but even there's no judgment that's going to take place. There's no engagement in the world. As we'll we'll unpack that a little bit more in in a bit, but just kind of start thinking about these different views of God. No judgment, so a non-judging, disengaged God. Some people, and and when you encounter somebody, they may say, oh yeah, I believe in God, but what is their view of God? Maybe the view in which they have is this non-judging, disengaged God. The second one. The second one's a critical God. Now, a critical God, and you're going to kind of start to see a pattern here, a critical God is belief in a God who is judging but disengaged. So, it's along the lines that, so there is going to be judgment, but there's no engagement from God in the world. So at the end, when you do pass, when you stand, you will stand in front of God, there will be a judgment. But this is, this is a, a, a view where people, they look at the judgment and they say, well, he's not engaged here, so I've got to, what, it's all up to me to figure things out. I've got to figure out how I can stand in front of God in judgment because he's totally disengaged from, from us. He's a capricious God who's standing up there, waiting for us to die, and, and waiting for, uh, for for the individuals to uh, come before him so he can uh, condemn them. That that's the thought here uh, uh, behind this, this this critical critical God. Still belief in God, though. Still belief in God. Second or third thing. This is where where it might come into um, for, for for some. Uh, This is where a lot of people, they they rest in in these next couple. The third one is a benevolent God. So a benevolent God, so we know that it's a loving God. So a benevolent God is a belief in a God who is engaged. Notice that, who is engaged yet is non-judging. So a God that is intimately engaged in the world, because he's benevolent, he's a loving God. The, the, the people, they, they cite uh, um, 1 John where it says God is love. So they say God is engaged, but, you know, there's no, there's not going to be any judging in the end because God is all about love. Well, I, I think that if, as we look at this, this, this could feel good right? This could feel good on the surface, but let's, let's think about this for a second. If it's all love and no judgment here, where's justice? Let's just say social injustice, moral injustice. If it's all about love and there's no, ju- there's no consequences in the end, so, what we have to understand is if, if this if God is just this benevolent God, he's, he's engaged, but there's no judgment, there's real no really no righteousness. because there's, there's no right standing, because it doesn't matter what you do, God's gonna just kind of oh I love him, it's okay. That's the benevolent God. Let's move on to the next one. And then we're gonna kind of bring all these together. The authoritative God. Now, when we use that terminology or that word authority or authoritative uh, in in, in our uh, uh, social setting, even within our lives, most Americans don't like the thought of authority. I'm my own person. I can do what I want, when I want, how I want. Okay. But when we understand that authority in in biblical terms is a beautiful thing, it's made for our freedom, it takes on a, a whole different role. The authority... Or authoritative God is a belief in a God who is both engaged, he's engaged in the world, and he is judging. So he is engaged in the world. He's not the distant God who, who just, you know, uh, was the clockmaker that, that, that uh, designed and developed and created a, a, an intricate um, system and, and just... Set it in motion, wound it up, and just let it go. No, he's engaged here, but not also, or not only is he engaged, he's also the God who judges. Now, as we look at those four, ask yourself. Just, I mean, and and be honest, because if we're not honest, this isn't. This is just going to be the bald guy talking a bunch of smack for a bunch of you know a few minutes, and then we're going to go and we're going to eat and we're going to forget all about this. But think about this. Where where is it that you line up? If somebody were to come up and, and, and ask you about your belief in God, which one of these would best describe your belief in God? Because what we did here is we answered the questions to what extent does God interact with the world and to what extent does God judge the world. Each one of these has a different characteristic to it. The distant God is non judging but disengaged. The critical God is judging but disengaged. The benevolent God is engaged but not judging. And the authoritative God is engaged and judging. Where do you fall in on that? And like I said, be honest because what you believe about God, it matters. Why does it matter? Well, I'm glad that you asked that question because it's in my notes. What you believe about God determines your actions towards him. If you think that God is a distant God, your actions are going to be different if you, than if uh, you think that God is a benevolent God. Or if you think he's a critical God, it's gonna be different than you think that, or your actions are gonna be different than if he was an authoritative God. So your actions are are, are dependent upon the way in which what you think about and what you believe about God. Most of us have heard this. For some of you new people that that are here, you'll hear me say um, over and over and over again, uh, my my philosophy uh, on on ministry and really life is think, feel, act. The way you think determines the way in which you feel. The way in which you feel determines the way in which you act. So if you want to change the way in which you act... You got to change the way in which you think so if we we if our actions towards god is one way it's going to be wrapped up in the way in which we think about god i, I don't know about you but i am one if i'm doing something wrong i want to be told about it and, and, and trust you me y'all tell me enough when i'm doing something wrong Fine, whatever. If I'm doing something wrong, I wanna to be told about it because I wanna make sure my way of thinking is right. Not just now don't give me your opinions on stuff. Well, I think this or I think that no, 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 no. If there's a truth in which I'm mistaken on or your brother and sister is mistaken on, let's set them straight. Lovingly. Truth and love, right? Don't don't be the the the, the dude that goes up and just goes wham, and smack somebody up inside the head and say, you know the Bible says this. Yeah, it's imprinted on the side of my head now. Thank you. That's not loving. That's not loving. But what we need to understand is the way, the way in which we think about God is going to determine our actions towards Him. Not only is it going to, de- to determine our actions towards Him, it's going to influence the way in which we respond to life's situations. Now, when I say the way in which we respond, everybody in here has had some type of situation. Maybe it's a tragedy in your life. Maybe it's not a tragedy. It's a, it's a happy, joyous occasion, whatever it may be. Any situation in your life, is going, the way in which you um, view God is going to be influenced by, by, or the way in which you respond is going to be influenced by the way in which you view God. We cannot escape that. We are made in the image of God. So if we want, I love, how, I love what John Calvin said about this. To know ourselves, we must first know God. So truly to know ourselves, we must first know God. If we're understanding, we're asking, like, how do, why am I responding in this way to this situation? Well, what do you believe about God? Let's just get back to the root problem here, the, the, the root of it all. What is it that you believe about God? That's the question which we need to ask. Now, here, I'm going to throw this out. <clears throat> what I believe, take this for what it's worth. I'm not going to say, you know, if you believe in D, C, B, or A, that you're going to go to hell. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to give you my own opinion on this and what I find in Scripture. You all do with it what you want to do. I, I, I hope you see the, the reasoning behind this. but. What I want to do is throw out there that the only biblically correct and scripturally accurate view that we can see, and I know I just said so biblically correct and scripturally accurate, so wait a second, Lee, now you're saying it. If we don't view the way in which you view that you know, we're wrong. I'm, what I see in Scripture is that the authoritative God is the only God that makes real sense. It, it, because just, just think about this. If we believed in a God that was distant, that's non-judging and and, and disengaged, we would have to throw out a lot of the Bible. And and that's what uh, some of our forefathers did. Uh, I think it was Thomas Jefferson that that, that what he did is he sat down and he cut out the parts of the Bible that he didn't like and just kind of threw them away. I, I wouldn't suggest that because that makes reading the Bible kind of hard, especially when you cut out something on one page and you're trying to read it on the backside of that page and it's half not there. So, but I, the, the the thought behind that is that if we just pick and choose what we we want, you you can make deism work. Non judging, disengaged. God just kind of let he he started the, the whole thing and kind of stepped back. This is where uh, where, where Christian evolutionists um, they, they where, where they reside. And I say Christian evolutionists, yeah, because there are such things as Christian evolutionists, and, and they may, some of them may be in heaven. I don't know. We'll talk about that in a minute. But maybe you, you're, you're sitting there and you're like, well, so the, the critical God, I mean, he's um, judging, but he, we're disengaged, like, if you believe that, again, you'd have to throw out a lot of scripture because then um, it, it, it's God, that it makes it all up to me to figure out how I'm to get to heaven. He's gonna judge me when I get there, but I gotta figure out what I've got to do. Make sure my scales are, are, are in the in the, the the black and not the red to get to heaven. That's what the that's what a critical God, in my view, that's what I see what a critical God being. Then again, the benevolent God is a God who, yes, he is engaged, but he's non He's he's non judging where everybody's gonna be in heaven. That, that, that's where, well, he's a loving God, so you know, a loving God wouldn't send anybody to hell. Okay, but you just think about this. If everybody's going to be in heaven, is that really heaven? <laughs> if, if everybody, no matter what happens or what they do or what they believe, is going to be in, in, in heaven, how is that the body of Christ, how is that uh, a, a, the, the church that is uh, um, presented spotless to the bridegroom? It, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't give us the understanding that there is a right and there is a wrong. If God is just loving and he lo- overlooks, oh, uh, or, uh, or, uh, yeah, overlooks everything, then, then it doesn't matter what you do or what, you, what she does or he does. It doesn't matter what happens because the outcome's all going to be the same. What purpose is there for life then? So but the authoritative God, I believe that, he's, that this makes much, the most sense, because he is engaged, and he is judging. So yet he's engaged in this world, and we understand it, and, and we're going to see how he's engaged in this world in a minute. But he, we are going to stand in judgment. And the reason we're going to stand in judgment is not so he can condemn us, but so he can um, then provide us with the eternal reward. So, as we look at this, how can we properly view God? That's where I wanted to get through all of this, is how can we properly view God? Lee, I I really, I want to, I I want to know the truth. I want to, I want to understand what the Bible says. Well, here's, here's, you you know me, if you don't, you'll learn. Very simplistic. My dad told me that I was stupid when I, or not I was stupid, but, (laughs) but he said, keep it simple. Stupid. I don't know if that, how that works, but to keep this simple. And the easiest, simplest way in which we can we can answer this question on how we can properly view God is what? In church, nine times out of ten, the answer is Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. right. So think about this: How can we properly view God? We can look at Jesus. And I say this because if you want to highlight some verses in your Bible, we're allowed writing our Bibles. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 19, it says, for in him, who's him? Jesus. For, so, for in Jesus, all the fullness of God was, was pleased to dwell. Then if you flip the page, one page, and look at, at chapter 2, verse 9, it says, for in him, Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. So think about this. If we're going to ask a question or answer this question, how can we properly view God? We look to Jesus. We look to him to say, okay, well, wait a second. I want the best understanding of who God is. Now, if we were to look to Jesus and we were to look back at these different views of God, if we were to look at Jesus, could we say that he is distant No, we can't. Can we say that he is critical? No, we can't because those two right away say that they're disengaged. We know that Jesus walked among us. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. John 1, and it says that the Word put on flesh and dwelt among us. So we know that those two right there just kind of negate themselves. But we also understand, so it's got to come down to the benevolent or the authoritative. But what we have to understand here is what John 3 says. Turn to John 3. John chapter 3, I want to answer this first question. And then I want you all to kind of continue to put this into perspective and say, okay, what view is it that I hold? Remember, the question is, to what extent does God interact with the world? Well, John 3, 16 says, yes, for God so... (laughs) Thank you, Zach. For God so loved the world. Okay, stop. What? We're right there, Lee. It's the benevolent God. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Let's read the whole thing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Okay, all right, so it sounds benevolent, okay? It sounds like God's a benevolent God. 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Wait a second, it's kind of confusing now because we're thinking, well, he could be judgmental. Hold on a second. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. So hold on, let's look. To what extent does God interact with the world? We can see that the, the extent in which God interacts with the world is he sent his son into the world. How much more interaction can we get? How much more engagement can we get that the God that the created the, the universe stepped down from his throne, stepped into his creation to be engaged with them? Now, it talks a little bit about judgment in there. So, to what extent does God judge the world? Well, in this, in this text here, it says that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So, think about this. Some people say, well, that shows right there that God's not judging the world. But how do you save something? There's got to be a judgment call. There is a judgment. It, what what uh, the, the, the apostle John here is saying is that the reason God came was not, well, the reason Jesus came was not so he could just say, hey, you're all condemned, you're all going to hell. He came to provide a way to go to heaven. So there will be judgment. How do we know for a fact? I mean, because that's kind of, I mean, that's it's a little, a little bit gray there, Lee. Well, I'm glad you asked. Turn over to the right in, to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter five, it says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. There's no gray area there. No gray area. Jake, what does all mean in Greek? All. All. He's our Greek scholar. All, for we must all appear. Now, this the, the, what makes this um, w- w- what makes us understand that, that God is not a critical God because He's not just God, not just judging as a critical God. People ha- had that view that ju- God is just judging. If we were to look at this, if we were to what it's called proof text, like take this verse out and put it on a coffee cup and have no context with this, we could very well get that critical God view. But we know that he's not only judging, he's engaged because of context of scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Think about that for a second. If we were to to, to look at this, these different views and to answer these questions, what would you come up with? Because, like I said, it matters. Why does it matter? Because it determines your actions towards Him. I I run into people all the time that, man, I just want to know God better. I want to have a better relationship with God. Great. What do you believe about Him? That's where you start. Man, I'm in a tough situation right now with work or with family or whatever. You know, I'm in a tough situation, and man, I, I just, I didn't respond the way in which I should. Okay, what do you believe about God? I'll pick on my, my brother Bobby. We're going to pray for him in a, in a few minutes. Bobby's going into surgery tomorrow for, on his neck. I'm going to ask this question. Bobby, what, you, you're a little scared, right? I, I get it. you You're real. But at the end of the day, what it comes down to is what do you believe about God? Because the God in which it tells us in Scripture is a God who's in control of everything. He's the sovereign God. He's the God that gave the doctors the ability to do what it is that they do. He's the God that that, that took and made man and, and woman out of the dust. Made man out of the dust and a woman out of the rib. He's the creator of the universe. He's the God who was dead and is now alive. If God can overcome death in the person of Jesus Christ, he can overcome anything that we face in our lives. Anything that we face in our lives. But that comes down to what do we believe about him? We need to understand that even John the Baptist had some human moments, some moments where he was in some dark places, and he said, well, wait, hey guys, go check to see if Jesus really is the Christ. Did that make him any less of a follower of Jesus Christ? No, that what that made him is real. What that made him is, is to answer those questions continuously. What is it that I believe about God? Because when we answer those questions continuously about what it is that we believe about God, our lives are going to be different. Because our hope and our trust is going to be in Him and not on stuff and people. Do we need stuff and people? God blesses us with that, absolutely. But ultimately, we're in the hands of our Maker. Let's bow. Take a moment, before before I pray here, just just, just take a moment and either file what I said in a box and just put it up on the shelf and say, you know what, that doesn't make sense, uh, whatever, good motivational speech, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Fine, whatever, do that. Or leave, leave leave that open in front of you. Leave that truth open in front of you and that question of, okay, what is it that I believe about God? And revisit that on a daily basis. Now, I'm not saying that that, that as you learn more about God that that you should rehash. What I'm saying is that we should be continually remembering who God is. Because what the devil is going to do is he's going to continually attack us and tell us that, well, you know, God really doesn't love you. God really isn't looking out for you. God isn't this and God isn't that. He's not going to say that God isn't real. He's going to make you He's going to make you think and doubt and say, wait a second, can God really provide here? Can God really sustain here? That's what he's going to do. But if we continually remember what God, who God is and what, what he has done and what he is doing, that's part of that spiritual warfare that we, we've been talking about the past few weeks. So, what we're going to do, we're going to pray. And um, as we, after I pray, I'm going to, uh, how do I want to do this? I, I want anybody who has, that, that, that wants to come and pray with Bobby, If if you just want to, to come and, and lay hands on them and say, hey, brother, we're here. God's got this to give them that encouragement. Do that. Maybe you want to be prayed with. All right. There's plenty of people who want, would love to pray with you. So what I'll do is... After I pray, we'll stand. We're going to continue in worship. And then we will, uh, if you feel led to to come and and pray with Bobby, uh, do that. And uh, we'll take it from there. Our Father God in heaven, uh, Lord, you are the uh, sustainer. You're the author. You're the creator. You're the sustainer of life. God, you're the healer. God, you are the one who has all of our lives in your hands. God, our view about you matters because it matters the way in which we deal with things. It matters in the way in which we view you and we act towards you. We interact with you. God, give us a, a, a clear understanding of who you are. God, let us look to Jesus as the, the author and the sustainer of our faith and, and understand that you are so engaged in our lives, that you love us so much, that you care about the smallest things. The biggest things, but the smallest things. Let us live that way. God, I, I, I pray for my brother. Bobby's been with me a long time. And he's going to be with me a long time to come. God, my, my prayers that you give the, 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 um, the doctors, the surgeons, the nurses, everybody who's involved in all of this. Steady hands, wisdom. Everything that whatever's involved in the medical aspects of this, give them what they need for healing to come. got give them, give Bobby the, the, the recovery, the quick recovery. But most of all, give them a peace of mind. Let him be at peace that, you know what? God's got this. I'm good. Lord Jesus, if there's someone here that does not know you, my prayer is that you just stir in their heart something where they can't say, well, I don't know. I don't know about this, God. I don't know about this, Jesus. But they want to know more. Father, we thank you. Spirit, we continue to welcome you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and work.